0: And now, detailing success and PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs, hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both Detailing Success and the Detail Mafia, Rennie Doyle. Good morning. What's up? Good morning. Hey, you'll notice right off the bat, I am not blue this morning.
1: You're not blue. You lost your. You lost your career as a blue man. (laughs) In Vegas. Last I got um
0: I got myself a, a cool little uh a cool little light to uh, hopefully you know shine some light on me.
1: It's shining some light on you. Yeah. What, what shirt is that one?
0: This one is one I got oh. for Christmas. Um there's a cool uh what's it scout? called? Vintage, Chari- Vintage Chariots is the guy's little company. He yep. he's X L A P D and uh, he's married to a lawyer who I think is pretty successful. So he's got a car collection, and he got into photography, and then that led him into uh, creating a line of apparel and stuff. And he's got a store in two local malls that are pretty cool. Wow, um, very awesome store. The one in the uh, in the Topanga Mall nearby, he's got a Mercedes 190 SL convertible sitting in the middle of the store. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. You
1: got, so do you have to wear your bulletproof vest when you go to that mall?
0: <laughs> um. You know, I don't, but uh, there's been days where you probably should have. Right, they've they've had issues there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was coming down to go when we left to go to Northern California last week. Um, you know, I've I've got a I've got a um something that just gets under my skin, and it's everybody that drives in the uh, carpool lane with one person in there. And you know, I grew up in the Empire, so I'm allowed to say this, but it's freaking people out there three quarters of the people in the carpool lane were single passengers and they're just, it's like just the autobahn, you know? Yep. So I, I rag on you about bulletproof fest, but then they're San Bernardino, you know,
0: <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, this, this is a, it's a fancy mall and they have their issues. You know, we even have, a, um, is it Tiffany's or one of the really high end, super high end jewelry stores. It's appointment only in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, but you know, the tracks trouble, right? That
1: is, that is high end though for it to have a a Tiffany. So what's on that shirt? It looked like a scout. Was that what was on? Yeah, it's a, it's
0: a, it's a scout. I think with a rooftop tent. I had a,
1: I had a scout. I had a 72 scout and I should have never sold. I sold it to expand the business. Um, we've got, we've got some, um, I always, I always had assets, collectible assets in cars and stuff or even real estate that if things got tough, I could sell, you know? And, um, we did that, but the, the scouts, one of the ones is like, man, I wish I would have kept that. It's just cool factor, you know, just old school, cool factor.
0: Yeah, no, they, they are, you don't see them very, very often at all. Yeah.
1: And this one was uncut, completely stock. It still had the plastic on the seats from, uh, you know, you could order the cars back in the sixties and seventies with plastic covers, it had that. Huh. So, and the guy that I bought it from was a Seattle cop and he bought it brand new. And I bought it at a, uh, God, what's the name of the auction? And, uh, it. I just. I kept watching. It was on a Thursday, so nobody was really there, right? You know, it was kind of opening day, and I just kept watching the, the truck, and uh, I put a bid in it and got it. So, silver car auctions. Cool. That's what it was. Silver car auctions.
0: Well, you know, um, <clears throat> speaking of Northern California, when you had to go up there, you know, we just finished a a one day training class up there at PNS.
1: Yep, that was fun.
0: So it was cool. I got it. I was going to share with everybody. I got a picture of all the uh, of all the students from that class. But, uh, uh, you know, we did a we did our extreme one day class there. It's the first time in a long time we've done one up there. We've, we've done one before, I think, but it's been a while. Yeah, so, it has.
1: So we uh, we had Jason Otterness from Chicago Auto Pros. We had an open house the night before Eric was up with him uh that was fun getting to know jason a little better eric i've known for years so it's good to be around him again but yeah we had a good time and then we've got a five day going now so i'm gonna bring these guys up come on up just pile behind me real quick and uh just one at a time just look how tall i gotta hold on he's so tall i gotta take and put it up so i'm gonna get out of the way and you guys just uh introduce yourselves real quick
0: hello my name is christian purchase i'm the owner of car cosmetics detail in Din, texas cool Name's Lance Abney from Lake Havasu, and uh, I have reservation detailing. Where do, do, do you?
1: Look, did you oh. see him flare up? He's yeah. flaring up, man. I yeah. want yeah. my There you go. There. Yeah, you yeah. did. You did. Come on up, you guys. Let's try. I'm Robert with Ceramic Auto Specialties uh, from Carmel, Indiana. There you go. Hello,
0: Chris. This is uh, Raimundo. It's
1: nice to see you uh, from uh, Beast Ultimate Detailing.
0: There you go. Hey guys. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm Alex. I'm a fall. Four- from Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm the owner of Climax Auto Detailing. Yeah,
1: and Alex is an intern, so he's been here before. Yeah. So he's in here interning. So cool. Well, thanks, guys. So been a great class. Um,
0: so um, all right. You ready to kick this off? Ready to go. So today's a, a Q&A episode. So what we had you guys do was uh, we put out a call for some questions, and I had a bunch of questions sent in to us. And so we're going to chip away at them one at a time here. And uh, let me pull up the uh, first one and here it comes. So the first question comes from Romero Torres, who is uh, on the call mm-hmm. today and he actually came an intern and helped us out last, last week at that one day training. But he wants to know what are your thoughts or your advice uh, regarding subleasing shop space? Great question.
1: Um, you know, it's all in the details. So it's all, um, have everything we've, we've subleased out and we've subleased and, and both. So we've been on both sides of it. Um, It can be a really, really, really great opportunity. And it can also be a nightmare. And really the only thing it's going to be a nightmare about is just not having clarity. So really, you know, walk the space, know exactly. um, All parties know exactly what's expected, know what you're going to be doing. Uh, If there's any special times that you can't be there, um and then also you know talk about the insurance side of things what kind of you know requirements they're going to have uh if there's any pass-throughs so if they're going to have any triple net pass-throughs that you're going to be responsible for Uh, a lot of times when we've when we've subleased um when we went to look at a building to sublease we found out it was a really bad lease and the people were just trying to get out of it and pass it along to us and the pass-throughs on it you know were were pretty were pretty intense and so just make sure um, you know that you've got um, a real good understanding, and everything's in the writing. And it usually works pretty good. You just got to you just got to know what you're getting into, you know. And you know, triple net, I never enter into, and 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 and, and subleasing can include those pass-through items uh, when you sublease. And so you got to make sure that's not the case. So most of the time, it's not. But just know to ask it. It's a great question.
0: We I know we have, uh, we actually have a couple of uh, members of our Detail Mafia that are sharing shop space together right now. Any, uh, you know, that's, uh, luckily they get along, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, again, I think it's just, um, you got to be clear, you know, what the expectations are, what you're doing, hours of operation. Uh, Some of those smallest details can be a problem. And so make sure that you know everything's out in the clear, and you know exactly uh, length of time. I mean, you got to have an agreement um, and, and 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 clarity. Uh, what's the exit out of it? Uh, it? And and what's what's it look like when you do move out? Um, it, improvements. If you do improvements, do those improvements stay with the building? A lot of times, anything that you bolt to a wall in a lease or a sublease, you can't take out. So if you put lighting systems up, it now belongs to the building and the building owner. And so just things like that. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, you know, I I would say that uh, we subleased a section of our our shop out at one of our first shops. And um, the other thing that happened was, is make sure that um, the person, the key person that is leasing the shop in the first place knows. So we had an instance where we subleased it out. We were making some money on it. The economy was going good uh space was really hard to get a hold of and so when our when when the company or when the the individuals that own the building found out we were we were subleasing they wanted all the information on it and then they wanted a piece of the the profits and we kind of got into a tiff over it you know and it 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 was a pain in the butt you know i mean we ended up winning it but um people get greedy and so just make sure everybody involved because you got to remember are they allowed to sublease? You might go in there, give a down payment, uh, put some money into it, and then the owner of the property finds out that it's, they're subleasing, and now they're not allowed to do that. And so you got to right. make sure everything on that side is clean too. So it's a, it's a little more complicated than you know what you think. But a lot of times, let's say we, we had a uh, a shop space that we subleased in one part of town because we didn't want to take in and, and bring the cars all the way up to us. It was real simple. A guy owned the building. Um, we used one. One he had a roll-up door on the backside that he just never really used. We paid him a flat fee per you know per month to have access to it. We're only there once or twice a week, but it was real convenient for us and convenient for our for our customers. So because it was like a 22 mile uh, difference from our shop up north to our shop down south. So worked out good.
0: Very cool. All right, next one up. Let's see. We got. Nathan Garrett sent in a question. I think he's referring to our network group, the Detail Mafia. He says, what type of specialist, uh, job specific, do you have in your mastermind group? Did you seek them out individually?
1: Oh, great question. So, you know, the Mafia is, I mean, it's a detailing group, but it is a mastermind group. You know, and I'm I'm involved in I've been involved in a couple of them over the years. I'm involved in a, a separate one that has nothing to do. All it is is entrepreneurship. Um, and so, you know, ironically over the years is that we've been able to really take the people that come in, um, you know, right here today is we've got somebody in the, a young man in the body, body shop industry. So through osmosis and through chance, we've got a lot of people that are, we've got two people I can think of that are really good with finance, uh, bookkeeper CPA level stuff. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of big thinking entrepreneurs that have got multiple streams of income and detailing just happens to be one of them, uh, two of those are car wash guys, you know, that don't actually own car washes uh, that came in and they, they offer it. Um, we've got real estate people that are pretty, pretty dang good. Mark Johnson, a uh, buddy of ours. Uh, he is just, he's a whiz, you know, at real estate and investing and uh, both for commercial and residential. Um, we've got legal, we've got an attorney in the group. We've got, I mean, we, so just through um, chance, we've got a lot of expertise, especially on the
0: entrepreneurial side. And so, yeah, and on, We've got, on top of that, you know, we got firefighters, uh, police officers, we do. a lot of a lot of ex-military, and and the guys from the military. You know, they come with all sorts of experiences from within the military. Well, they
1: do, Chris, and it, and it brings um, those elements bring a lot of discipline, you know, and SOPs. And so, you know, anybody that comes out of the fire service, um, or law enforcement, or the military, is they're they're used to a regiment, you know, and they're used to having a a process and system and so um, they bring that to it. we also socially we've got people from all walks of life you know we've got people from uh, all over the world um, and so it's really cool to get the input uh, and impressions from people that come from different backgrounds. Uh, we've got people that you know grew up in foster homes we've got people that had wonderful family situations with family businesses um, We've just got so many different, if, if a topic comes up, we've got somebody that's going to be able to specialize in that topic. And, and it's a lot more than just car care, um, especially, you know, on the money side of things. I mean, we've got we always say this is that, um, you know, slow, slow growth, slow wealth building. And we've got so many people I can I can throw a rock and skip it off. You know, 50, 60, 70 heads, 80 heads of people that have become wealthy you know, over the last 20, 30 years. Uh, we've got the younger generation has come through and tapped into, you know, the coding st- side of things and they've done really well. Um, we've got a lot of people in our group that have bought their buildings, that own buildings, you know, and just don't lease them. And so, you know, we've got a lot of exposure there. We've got people that have recently went through, you know, SBA loans and and, and, and for real estate and for buying out uh, businesses. So it's, it's really cool to think about here we are, a, a detailing group, but really it is a mastermind group. And I even, you know, said that down in Florida uh, when we were down there for our mobile tech meeting is that, you know, this was never intended to be a detailing group. This is intended to be a, a a mastermind group of entrepreneurs.
0: Yep. We have that that's what I've been telling people lately. It's an entrepreneur group and they happen to all be detailers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly
1: it with a lot of different um a lot of different exposure in different areas of entrepreneurship, you know, it's not just so many people. I mean, even us, Chris, we own, you know, we don't just do detailing businesses, you know, we're involved in different things. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty, pretty neat to see where it's grown into over the last, how um, I got to do the math? Um, you know, 17, 18 years. I mean, just yep. it's crazy to think that, you know, we've been around that long.
0: Very cool. All right. Our next one's a good one. Um, I decided to keep it anonymous because it could be kind of a sensitive topic for them. Um, But it's somebody we know, it says, can you give some life and business advice to someone who is struggling through a slow season right now, not getting any calls or leads? Is it worth it to get that second job or hang in there a bit longer and everything will be better?
1: Don't, Don't ever hang in there. Go get a second job. I know who this individual is. You're young and capable. Um, I did the same thing. I, I had a job when I didn't need a job. Um, I just did not want to interfere with my finances on the business. It was survival at all cost. It didn't, you know, it's, it's, it's like this, this young kid years ago, probably a decade ago, they got trapped in Utah. Boulder came down his arm. He ended up cutting his own arm off to get out. Um, I'm a pretty hardcore dude. I don't think I'd be cutting my own arm off, uh, in the wilderness, but who knows if I was put in that situation. But on the side of survival is I will never. As soon as I start dipping into savings or using credit cards, time to go get a a side gig. You know, Um, it could even be short term. But think ahead. Uh, Don't just wish. The other thing is, a lot of people will sit there and the phone's not ringing. You got to go make it ring. And so, getting involved in your chamber, getting involved in the Rotary Club, getting involved. um, You know, if there's a car event over the weekend, you should be there. Uh, The other thing we did that was that really helped out is i went and got some um dealership work and it didn't pay much but it it was income And the other thing i did is i it got us better at what we did we were practicing what we did and in my even this was a trip because we had our third year we had two staff full-time staff members they were full-time it didn't have side gigs i had a side gig i taught skiing on the side so i had employees but you know what i i wanted to keep them for the next season and it worked out, so I I kept the side job and the guys I had going at the dealerships. Uh, I had one at our our, our retail uh, shop and I had another one at our wholesale account with a with a Ford dealership. And so just get creative, but it's all about numbers of who you meet and just getting out there. But yeah, if you if you're thinking, dang, you know it it should I you should should already done it. And the good news is there's a lot of great high paying jobs right now. They're pretty flexible. Uh, people can't, if you're, and I know who this individual is, you get creative and you just, you tell them the schedule you're involved, you know, that you're able to work that allows you to still take work in. The other thing is put yourself where you're going to get more work out of it. So, um, I don't drink, I become a bartender, you know, at a country club. I, I wouldn't just go get a job at Amazon. Although if I got a job at Amazon, guess what I do? I'd be selling every day at Amazon details. I've yep. been mentioning everybody I co-worked with. So, you know, yeah, I, I think that, you know, we're still a couple months out, you know, of really hitting the season, hitting stride. Don't take a chance. Just go, just go make some money and, 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 and don't take anything out of your business. Don't hurt your business.
0: Hey, you know, one of the easiest side gigs right now is driving for Uber or Lyft. I mean, yeah. I, I had a long yeah. conversation with my last Uber driver, and uh, it's pretty interesting the things those guys do to, to actually turn that into a full-time career. So,
1: you know, we've got a friend of ours that's a retired cop and he drives for Uber. He's got a a small, really economical car, Prius or something like that. I can't remember if it's bigger than that because he wants to, you know, he wants to be able to get the bigger groups. But the the, whatever vehicle he has, it's super economical to drive around in. And he bought it just for Uber. And he can turn, he turns that on and off is you've got the freedom. So what he's been doing is he goes down and works down in the Coachella Valley, all the Coachella and the, and all the concerts and stuff. So he goes all over Southern California following big events as an Uber driver. And he kills it. He kills it. And he's real personable. So he says, you know, people use, usually leave tips on the on, on the app, right? But he says he'll walk out with $100, $150 cash because he's just super nice. they yeah. will say, hey, can you stop by the store? Yeah, you bet, man. Let's get in there, you know. And so that's a great idea because it's flexible. You can make your schedule. So I'd be all over that. You know, I'd be going and getting a Chris Lee Corolla, you know, and dressing up the tires real good like we did for him. So there's an inside story. One of our guys, Chris Lee, can't stand tire dressing. (laughs) And Alex, one of our other guys, he's got a little Corolla that he bought. That's a shuttle car for his business. Uh, One of our guys, Alex, went and put permanent tire dressing on his Corolla. I mean, just, just, just as glossy as you can imagine. So we always. Well, always teased Chris Lee. Hi, Chris. Hey, did you see that? Somebody from Mexico just said hi this morning. That's cool.
0: There you go. Um, all right, I'm gonna scoot on over to the next one. We've got another question from Nathan that came in. Uh, so Nathan Garrett asked. This one's, uh, you know, could could be deep. But uh, how do you know when it's time to ask for help, even if you think you don't need it? I always need help.
1: No, I'm serious. I always need help my business. I need to understand my finances even better. I need to understand where I'm going. I need to get specialty help. Um, You know, we're going through tax, you know, tax season right now. So we're having um, weekly conversations with our bookkeepers and our, you know, our CPA. With what I shared with our CPA last, last year, at about this time, I had an hour um overview meeting with our CPA and our and our on our and our bookkeepers and i just felt that they weren't getting a full um 100,000 view of our businesses and what we we're doing and it ended up saving us $26,000 of having an a, a, an hour meeting and just laying everything out for our accountant so you know if you're struggling with marketing uh like the 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 the, pr- the previous question or even the previous one from that, the very first question on subleasing is that's the nice thing about being involved in like the chamber or something locally, a roadie club. Um, and I hear this all the time. Well, you know, it's ours isn't very good. We'll go make it good. You know, it's what Oscar did. Oscar Hernandez went up and he's just he made a, a, a good chamber of commerce. Great. You know, so there's what's really nice about networking around with people is that you're going to get. All kinds of access to people that really know. We had Craig McKay was on our, you know, our our master's um, highlight on Monday night. He's mopped, this guy's got, I mean, he's developed, you know, huge developments. He's built car washes, done all this stuff. I mean, I I I've utilized Craig three times in the last month where I needed help, and I needed input. And so, man, do not if you even if you are even a little bit confused about something even a little bit you don't have full understanding you need help just a minute it's not a weakness it's a strength so you know it's I'll, i'll give you the illustration is i i really believe in every year people need to start something new something they've never done before um and so 18 months ago i started riding horses i hadn't ridden a horse in 30 years and then i transferred to a mounted unit you know in the guard and i bought a horse and i remember the first lesson i took on him rips a big young horse he knew i was naive he's like what the hell are you doing to me i'm going to show you a lesson right now you know i'm boss not you and then i remember the the trainer coming in and 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 i'm like this is embarrassing because here i am an expert in search and rescue and all these different things and an entrepreneur and you know speak all over the world and here i am taking lessons and i got off the horse i took a knee and i said, "Calm." What was that? That was wind. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That was sandblasting the building. Um, but I remember humbling myself and saying, she's the expert. I'm not. Calm down. Get back up on this horse and listen to her, not you. And made a world of difference. And so just admitting that you don't know it all is part of it, you know. Um, but I've I, seriously, I've got to constantly. I constantly need help. Is I constantly, and I don't look at his help. I look at his learning. Right. The other thing is admitting what your shortcomings are, and and outside, you know, I'm not good at bookkeeping and 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 um, you know prepping my taxes. I don't think a lot of people aren't. It's not your forte. It's what a CPA is for. It's what a bookkeeper's for. Right. And so you know, we I outsourced all that years and years. You know, long time ago, a decade ago, over a decade ago. Um, but now I've even outsourced more of that because, honestly, it's cheap. I mean, to, yeah. to, get, to get all wrapped up around the axle on that and have it bother me, which it does because I'm not, I don't know it, so I needed help. So I, I think the second you th- even think that thought is that you're, you're already past the point. You need to, You need to go get that help. And don't be
0: embarrassed about it. Sometimes it's just a matter of not having all the time in the world to do things, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not just taking that off your plate to go do what
1: you're good at and make more money.
0: All right. Next one is a product and detailing question. So uh, Jose Luis Castro asks, what products and processes do you recommend to get the paint clean prior to paint correction?
1: Oh, cool. Um, well, naturally, you know, good soap um, and soaps are going to be different because. Uh, I'll go back so you know if 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 uh, if you're working on standard cars that are pretty clean like we worked on two yesterday they were just my my jeep was just trashed and so uh, we got the PNS uh, off-road line out because we were just it was just clogged with mud right um, so any kind of specialty products but in general just a really good soap right and so we used we used Pearl on it once we got it all you know pre treated and then all the mud, you know, busted off of it. Um, and then, and then we go into from there, um, maybe sometimes like we used to do a lot of, and this is another one, you're slow. This this is what people don't think about is go to an equipment company, a company that does, um, that works on forklifts or big, big equipment, you know, big, big front loaders and backhoes and stuff like that. So we took and would do all the fleet washing for, um, a company, um, and, we would take and believe it or not their stuff would be so greasy and so nasty we used Dawn dishwashing liquid because it just we had to cut through all the all the gunk and grease and then we'd rewash it with a normal you know with pearl soap uh, to kind of fine tune it and then we'd spray it down with you know a beadmaker type product and 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 so especially like that naturally if I'm going to do paint correction and coatings both is we're going to take in uh, use an iron you know remover so an iron buster type product uh, and then from there, um, you know, any specialty products, you're going to have to get bugs off. Um, if there's bugs on there, bugs can be nasty, especially in different parts of the country. And so using a really you know, good bud, bug cleaner to get that off of there. Um, and so there, there's an array of products. And then, you know, your, your, uh, your paint preps. You know, you got to be careful. All paint prep products, as you're cleaning the surfaces, aren't all designed equally. Some of them are really what I call hot. You know, they've got, they're strong and they'll actually, they'll cinch, they'll burn the paint, you know, if you're not careful. And so we like a really balanced, um, you know, in the body shop, it's it's oil and grease remover, you know, and so it panel prep. And so um, yeah. using stuff like that is all key to it. Now, truth in advertising, um, when it comes to iron removal, these guys, you know, we were all talking about it yesterday. It's, it's got a very unusual smell. You know, and um, I'm not a big fan of iron removing scent, right? And and what a lot of people don't realize is that scent hangs around for a couple of weeks on the car, even when you rinse it well. When when a driver gets in it, you can smell it on the car for a bit. And yep. so I only use iron removing products when I absolutely have to. You know, and I'll do a little test like we did yesterday. We did a little test, and the car had nothing on it. You know, there's just nothing nothing churning so why are you going to do it if it doesn't do any good it's just going to smell everything up so there's that pretty simple
0: yep uh one one thing you actually uh left out but it was in the process there was claying the vehicle Claying it
1: there you go
0: <laughs> so we used uh we used paint prep in uh, a clay towel this past weekend to clay the uh, vehicle in the one day class um you know but uh, once once you clay it and uh you're good to go on the paint correction after that
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, traditional clay, there's still a a place for traditional clay. We used traditional clay on the car behind us yesterday to get it ready that we're going to do paint correction to today. And, you know, and so not just, um, you know, the new fancy clays really are cool because it speeds the process up. But sometimes, man, you got to go back to old school clay and just use that. So, uh, you know, tar removal. We talked about bug removal, but tar removal too, you know. Um, Road paint. There's a product called Get Off Clean uh yep. mike leaving builds that you know so i mean there's just an array of products that you need and uh you've got to, i'm really big on every step in between correction so if i'm going to do a two step is i'm using a panel cleaner i'm using paint prep uh in between each step to cleanse the paint off in between to get you know the compound off to get it ready for the polish so uh, i'm a stickler for that i like to i like to have my surface really clean
0: yep cool all right. Next one is a little controversial. Um, Chris mm. from uh, Detailer's Roadmap. I think you guys probably have been seeing him lately. Uh, what are your thoughts on having starting prices on your website? Well, mine's I don't
1: because it takes the salesmanship right out. I'm a, I'm a really good salesman. I'm a really good. I'm not even a salesman. It's um, I connect with people, I think, really well. Um, I was never, I, when we came back into detailing in the 90s, you know, after selling the first company, um back in the 80s is that i came in and just said listen i'm going to do be a new level of detailing professional is that i'm going to be closer to a dentist than i am to a detailer is that we're just going to put a show on it's a broadway production uh, we're going to do uh higher end work um we're going to take and use different types of equipment we brought you know really early um adapter to steam um But I just really, I want the phone to ring and I want to connect because we sound different than other detailers. We do things way different than other detailers and we connect better than other detailers. Now, in the event that you're going to take and put prices, you know, starting at, you know, so I would be open to starting at prices, but we never did it. We we wanted the phone to ring. We wanted to get because too many cars have too many specialty needs. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is piss off your market. So you give them a price and then they come in and you got to change the price because it's got other needs. You know, I mean, we've got people in the industry and there's a lot of people doing this now. But Justin Lobato was really early on this is that he won't schedule anything until he sees it. They got to come in for an evaluation and uh, and then they have to put a deposit down, you know, to, to, to schedule it. And that used to be unheard of. Um, we didn't do that. We didn't go that far back in the day. Um, uh, but Justin's done really well at that and that's kind of the new norm that's popping up is doing that. I, I like it. Um, and so I, I didn't put prices on, I just sent our services for a free, for, for, a for a, uh, a pressure uh, for a professional evaluation call. Yeah. A lot of
0: Most modern people, day- you know, I think, I think detailers will find, you know, uh, a- probably everybody will agree with this that most of your potential clients, you know, tend to be price shopping, you know, they don't, um, they don't ask the right questions and that's why you got to be able to, 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 to answer them for them still, even though they're not asking them, you know, one of the things that, uh, that they do is they compare prices instead of comparing services and, you know, you don't know what your, uh, you know, what, what costs one thing might include a whole bunch more than the, the, the item next to it that doesn't cost as much. But they don't look at those details. And you know, it's interesting, even though a lot of detailers will complain that, yeah, my customers aren't, you know, they're not taking into consideration that I provide so much more for the for their money, you know, when when people reach out to us about our training, off always the first question is how much? They never not want to know what they get for their training dollars, you know. Exactly it. <laughs> so well,
1: and that's a great point, is that we'll we'll get people that will call and kind of rush us to price, right? And I'll just stop them right there. I'll say, look at what's more important to you, quality or price. And if they say price, not a fit. And I have no problem saying, even when I was starving, because I wanted to build my my business up with the right clients from the beginning. Because if you start building a, 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 a business up and you've got your wrong ideal clients, God, it's going to take you years to shift that. And it's going to be really expensive. And you're going to probably get burned out and you're probably going to quit. And so we wanted the right clients from the beginning, from day one. Now, I did take retail uh, wholesale work but I would rather take some wholesale work that I can dump and it's not related to my retail work and and that just paid the bills you know so I'm I don't like prices on the website get them to call me it's, yeah, my and, mom and... was my mom was answering the phones and she came up with all kinds of I mean gosh dang when she answered the phones she did like 99.9% better than I did because she just had this magical way about her. People loved her. She'd answer the phones and uh, good morning, attention details. What are we going to shine for you today? And then when I go out and talk to these people and doing the work and they're like, your mom said you better do a good job or I've got her number, you know, I'm going to call her up. And how could you beat that connection? You know, especially in all small family businesses. A lot of people try to hide behind a corporate image too. You know, when they get on the phone, man, not me, I'm main street, mom and pop right now, you know, is that i'm not amazon i know what we are and what we're not and and i'm good with that i'm ready i'm the one that's going to be doing the work is i highlighted those things and that's why we didn't put prices up
0: we still don't we have, we have a we have a comment in the feed that does bring up an interesting thing you know one of the one of the common features of a lot of really good websites these days that detailers have is the customers being able to book their service right by Using, you know, integrating yeah, with companies like your Able and Road FS and stuff, Yep. you know, so so not having your pricing makes that that process a little. Yeah, bit it, does. It, it does. It
1: and, does. And I guess it's going to come down to what type of company you are, you know, who you're selling out. If you're if you're doing a little more, um, you know, wash clay protects and wash clay coats and stuff like that. Um, that does make sense. It really is. That's a practical sense. But we just never did. I wanted to see the car if I could. Um, but it is with all the new software and so forth, but I don't know. I just, I, I still like the one-on-one contact and talking to them. You know, I just, I prefer that. I don't like the text and and email concept. I want to take and be able to talk to them if I can.
0: Well, you know, people can certainly experiment with this, right? I mean, you could have prices for a while, 90 days later, you could take them off and you could see, see how it's different, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's. A, B testing, man, test it, A or B, you know, um, and see what happens. You know, I dig, there is both sides. It is controversial. It is, you know, um, I'm just sharing my opinion that I just, I didn't like having prices up there, you know, it does going kind to of make it harder. But again, I think, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an online. Co- okay. So I was looking at getting a, uh, this a couple of years ago, getting a suit made and, I was like, okay, what's this going to cost me? So I, you know, I called. There's two guys, one down in Palm Springs, another one down in Riverside. And I said, well, what's your average suit? And he says, man, it just depends. I got to get you in here and see what you're going to like and everything. There's just no way that I can even give you a baseline. He says, you know, thousand to five thousand dollars. And he says, you know, I'm a, I am a custom cutter. I'm not, I'm not just. A, I don't take the suit off the rack and cut. it. I, I, I cut. I cut everything myself everything the suit is made from the ground up one piece at a time and i just i just can't even give you an idea until i until i see you and you know what i ended up going to him and i'm really happy i did you know and i relate what we do to that it's a custom fit suit Uh, even on the entry level stuff on 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 uh wash clays and protects and wash you know clays and coats is that I still want that personal uh, uh, connection with people.
0: Yep. Well, Hey, you know, good points. Like we said, it's uh we can go back and forth on that one all day long. You can <laughs> you can't, it's,
1: it's, it's really, <laughs> going to come down to what, you know, your market, different markets, there might be a market in you know, let's say Las Vegas. Um, I would still it, 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 Las Vegas or Los Angeles or anything else is I would, I would, I, I would have a specific crowd I'm going after and I target that crowd and I wouldn't I wouldn't me- even mess around with with, with what the average detailer is doing because competition is too they're too cheap.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of Vegas, uh, Arthur Smith <laughs> uh, wrote in I'm a detailer in Las Vegas. What is the best way to secure wash and detail contracts with some of the casinos?
1: Oh boy, that's a tough business.
0: Um, well, you're gonna have them. to back. What's that? I was gonna say that's gonna have to come down to some kind of relationship building, right? Yeah.
1: You know, I was gonna say it's gonna. Have, you're gonna have to backdoor it, and what I mean by that is getting involved and find somebody that knows somebody. You know, is you've got six degrees of separation. You know, you're only six people away from somebody that knows that general manager or or somebody. Try to get an insight to that one, and you know. But man, I gotta tell you, is Arthur no 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 harm, but every detailer in Las Vegas is aiming at the same thing. You know, they're going after the same thing and we've had, there are some good contracts out there, but they're going to, it's kind of like dealerships. They're going to take and they're going to take. And I mean, a lot of times just go to the cheapest, most available, you know, source. And so, you know, knowing the Vegas market pretty well, I'm not even sure I'd go after that. I think I'd go after the country clubs. I think I'd go after, um, some of the uh the high end I'd, i would join the chamber i'd join different uh business lead groups uh i'd get together with the contractors there that are supplying services the AC guys you know the hVAC guys um that was that was great work for us because they they're making money you know the electricians the electrical contractors is that you know you can go after the 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 casinos but you're gonna have to in my opinion, you're going to have to have somebody on the inside pushing you, and and every every detailer out there is going for that because it's just it's pretty it's pretty easy money, right? Um, now we did have the shows, some of the shows out there, World of Concrete, um, those are good contracts, you know, and so I'd look at those. But the, you know, it, if if the casinos, if you see a lot of opportunity, is I would go and try to find somebody on the inside that could give you a good referral. And, and and do it that way so it's going to be a slow process but the good news is once you get it if it's a good contact
0: um it's it's it, it could be rewarding you know one thing to keep in mind is if you're talking about a contract with a casino where the casino's paying you they're most likely going to have at least 30 day terms on those payments with you yeah you know yeah so.
1: they are so it then you're tracking that you know and you got to track that down and so there's There's, uh, we had, we, I knew detailers, uh, that have done this in Vegas and it it was a, it was not an easy, it wasn't an easy road. I I think there's easier money to be made in Vegas.
0: Yep. All right. Sarah Riles asks, I, I hope I pronounce her name right. So she lives in a small town of about 250 people. So that's pretty small. Uh, she wants to offer leather repair uh, through Richard Hutchins, and, uh, but her husband thinks that the training won't be worthwhile uh, due to the size of her market, meaning that you know she won't see a return on her investment. What are your thoughts on that?
1: First off, Richard's a great guy. Um, just a great guy. Second off, um, we, I spent about 12 years of my career as a, a leather technician. We lived in a town of very high end. So, if you've got 250 millionaires and billionaires with jets, cars, fine furniture, I'd have to go with your husband. I think it needs to be about 100 times bigger. Um, I just, unless you've got a town really close by that's got a lot of more people and it's got, um, there's a lot of disposable cash, I just think it's too small market.
0: Yeah, you know, but you know, if you if you must, right? Just don't forget that it doesn't have to be limited to cars, right? It could be, it could be fine furniture, like you mentioned, and all those other things. So
1: restaurants, I mean, restaurants need repairs. Uh, Aircraft was that's what we went after. We're we're after the private jet market, and they get pin marks constantly, and just taking pin marks, you know, ink marks out of leather. Uh, We made a small fortune doing that, but it's it's again, it's a specialty. Man, that's just, we're in a really, really small market with about 15,000 people, but the average, the average earnings were stupid. I mean, it was such a wealthy community. Um, and then the jet stuff has just kept us alive. So you've got to look at everything. Now, if you're willing to travel, you know, and you can put something together for, you know, traveling and, uh, cover areas that are maybe, you know, a couple hours away. Uh, that's the other side, but that's going to make it tough too. You know? So, um, but God, Richard, he it makes it easy to say yes because he's just such a great guy. You know, but I'd have a heart to heart with Richard, you know, just tell him what I said and what your husband's concerned with and see what he says. You know? He's yeah. he's a straight up shooter. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna share with you what he thinks. And I might not be seeing something, you know, we might not be have like I said, you might be saying it's, you know, all two hundred and fifty people are, are billionaires and have jets and yachts and and and, and really fine leather you know furniture and that might change it a little bit
0: very cool all right so yesterday i had a conversation with sean o'reilly on this one Mm. and i don't have an answer but um he's got the opportunity to restore an old stainless steel railroad car and he wants to know what's the best way to clean and polish stainless steel and then how do you protect it afterwards
1: Wow. Uh, and we've talked about this, this, of us coming up and helping them out on this, you know, this summer. Uh, it's really cool looking. This thing is just vintage. It's just, oh, my God, it's so cool. So stainless steel is, is a little tough. You got to look at it. Is it, is it, is it, did it have a machine finish? Um, was it polished up to perfection? Uh, if it had a machine finish, a lot of times you can come back in and kind of re-machine finish it. And that's going to be a little easier. Um, if it was it w- if it was out to a mere finish, um, that's a whole nother story. And so you're, you're going to have to go in and and use a combination of rotary um, and maybe even drum buffers, um, some heavy cut with yarn. You're going to have to use some yarn, you know. Um, and so there's there's and you're going to multi multi step it. Matter of fact, it's probably it's probably going to take you several services over a few years to bring it back to its 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 uh maximum potential you know yeah. what it's going to realize and so you know if it's if it's simply um if if you need to take and it does have a machine finish to it is dyna braid's got some great tools um matt denny would be a great resource for you um at dynabrade braid um if you email us at Randy at detailing success.com I'll put you in touch with Matt Denny uh, with Dynabraid. And they've got a they've got a, a lot of specialty products for that. For instance, we're going off the stainless on on uh, on the Concorde jet, and we're taking, and it was originally not polished out as a machine finish. So we're coming back through and putting the original machine finish back onto it. And it's still a lot of work, but it's a lot easier than polishing it out. And then um, to when it's finished, is there are coatings out there that will work with that with that stainless now it's going to doll it down if you are going to a mirror finish it's going to take a little bit of a the shine off of it um but it's going to last a lot longer so i'm sitting on a stainless steel desk right now and it's coated and without coating it would have rust marks all over it within a couple weeks and so the coating's night and day night and day on it and so we can put you in contact with those just send me an over a it's prepare yourself it's dirty work it's hard work it's very rewarding. Very rewarding. I mean, when you get that out of there, uh, but we'll we'll put you in touch. I think that Matt Denny would be a good resource for you. And yep. uh he'll uh he'll help you out with recognizing it. Get some get some close up pictures and video of it, and um, that will help a ton.
0: So very cool. Yep, that that's some of the advice I already gave him was the close up pictures and videos so we can move forward. So Um, That was the last pre-planned question, but I got a couple that came in if we want to tackle them. Um, This one, uh, I can't see who it is, but I think I know who it is. Uh, Facebook user, I've been really torn lately. My son has done some pretty cool stuff lately and is doing even more bigger stuff. I have a lot of people saying I should be doing more to promote him. My son loves this and wants to pursue more. And let's see, I can't read the whole thing. I have to hide it to read it. Hold on a second. Um, Rennie is the master of branding. And there is a lot of people who have successfully branded themselves. So who better to ask, how should I proceed to, I guess, brand my son for his best interest? Um, So I I, I can't see, but I think this might be Steve Thompson and his son who uh, is becoming known as the Detail Kid. So, you um, know,
1: I would say get his skill sets up to where he is insanely good that, you know, it, it's, 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 we've all seen this is that you get um, college athletes, for instance, that do really well, but they, they're really not that good. Once they get to the pros, um, their skill sets kind of suffer. And so I think that getting those skill sets just over the top, just get, get the skills where he can back it up. I think that's it. Um, getting, getting, have true success because here's the thing is like if you want to promote promote somebody you know uh a son or 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 yourself uh to get out there is that you've got to you got to you got to be able to you got to be the real deal and so you know we i never meant this to happen you know this wasn't a where i'm at now it happened because i became successful on the other side of using the tools and making money at using the tools and being super successful at it and then people people came to started coming to me I didn't go to anybody um, is I made myself valuable uh, and had people come to me and 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 that's it if you go hunting I think it devalues it I think that you want people coming if it's there's two people I think this could be Steve it's definitely you know Steve and another person is that again um, I think that the opportunity is out there if if it's there's a cuteness factor right that, that sells all this but All of us, I mean, I'm a good example of that. At some point, the cuteness factor wears out, you know? (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Thank God my wife still thinks I'm cute. But, um, you know, you've got to be so good at what you do and making money and stand out and doing dynamic things. And so I think that's the best way to do it is because it's wholesome and it's real, you know? We've all seen politicians that shouldn't be there. They just they got elected and they're lost, right? That one and, and we've seen that so many people right now just they go. We were talking about this last night, right? Is hey, how do I get companies to you know give me huge discounts? You got to make yourself valuable, you know. You got to you got to look at what what's in it for them. Yeah, you're you, you know you're you're a detailer. You're doing some cool stuff, but there's ten thousand people doing that. What's the, what makes you stand out? And so youth definitely does that he stands out that way right but is it's got to be deeper than that make it really really deep and real
0: yeah you know and i and i and i've met i've met his son you know he's he's very good very polite good communicator and all that but those are areas too that as good as he is that you know you should develop as well in addition to just detailing skills
1: well, if it is Steve and his son, his Steve, his son does, and I, I hate not, not calling him by his name, um, but you know he looks you in the eye. This kid's, you know, what, eleven years old or something like that. He looks you in the eye and he shakes your hand. That in, alone is valuable, right? I mean, it's cool. So the kid, if if it is, we'll just use we'll just use him as an example. Is that he's already got? I mean, he's got the youth. He's got the cuteness side. He's got the communication side but now now um it's 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 <laughs> i I don't watch these shows but i I, I like to see the commercials of the uh, the the moms that put their their daughters up on the the that model you know that their kids go into uh, beauty pageants these little tiny yeah. girls you don't want to be that dad you know right. don't be pushing your. Don't be pushing the youth to push yourself. Really, truly develop, I like the word develop him or her to the point that him or her brings really true value. And, and I, I would say get him to the point where he is detailing on his own, he's correcting on his own, he's coding on his own, and you've got something. You've got something. If this kid's got a trackable, trackable profit per hour, that is exceeding what a lot of professionals do or matching you've got something. That's how I'd push it. Damn. I need to go back and re talk to my kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's,
1: I think it's fun. I think it's fun.
0: Yep. Here's a good one from Tommy. Um, uh, we just spent some time with Tommy recently. So right. uh, se- separate from the lease, what is the average or um, uh, startup cost for product and equipment for a new detailing business.
1: We just ran these numbers. I mean, you can get in there. It depends on how crazy you're going to go, but I, I would count on 10 grand. You know, I think 10 grand is a good number. You could go a lot more, but I think startup, remember startup. I mean, that's yeah. going over with really good equipment. You know, you might be able to do it on a budget a little less uh, than that, but I think that, you know, if you're going to take an all, you know, get the products you need, get the equipment you need. I mean, what's the pressure washer alone going for, you know, Fifteen hundred bucks, you know, yep. steamer. You know, there's another. There's three thousand. There's thirty. Your budget right there. So you know, I'd say ten to fifteen grand somewhere right in there. You know, is good. And, and again, you could do it for less, but to do it right, it's it's going to cost you that ten grand, give or take.
0: Yeah, I think when I when I started up, um, I spent about fourteen, but that was also um, with some stuff to outfit my van um you know in addition and uh you know but looking back there was also stuff i bought that i didn't need to buy you know yeah, that's it, a part of it too
1: yep so, Is you yeah. know tommy we, we'll run you through and help you on that one the other thing is you're going into shop believe it or not, i think the setup on a shop's a little cheaper than a van because you got all the construction costs you know involved the other thing that's not included in there as, as you said separate from the lease is the building you know improvements so if you've got to take and do any um you know, improvements to it, you know, build outs, um, you know, paint floors, anything like that, man, that price is going to skyrocket, you know, real quick. It could be, um, you know, in, in, when we set, when we bought this place, um, shit, we we're 30 grand into it in a month, you know, and that's, we had all the equipment, everything else, but it was floors, paint, you know, I mean, just doing all the different things, um man it added up real quick and now i can't imagine you know what 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 we've got into here um and so you know you want to be really careful i would take and put flooring in that you can remove you know and take with you i would do epoxy floors and a lease you know um yep. a lot of shops have it now you know a lot of the newer shops and stuff that they lease out they already have it but i think just in in, in products and equipment you know 10 to 15 grand you're going to be you're, you're going to be okay just don't buy a bunch of shit
0: you don't need <laughs> That's right. All right. Before we go, we'll squeeze in one more here from uh Fast Eddie.
1: Uh, oh, I, fast Eddie.
0: remember his name's John. Um, any good advice for a new business owner? I didn't intend to start a detailed business, but here I am. I started a business from absolutely nothing. I've had some incredible good luck, and I'm looking for a shop space because I'm outgrowing my home shop. And then let me get to the rest of it real quick. Um, Let's see, how do I keep myself from getting in too deep too quickly?
1: Um, I'd say you if you're that busy where you're outgrowing a your shop, why outgrow your shop? Just raise your prices. Serve fewer better. You know, yeah. that would be my first. That would get your prices up to where you're at 100 dollars $125 an hour average, you know, minimal. And and then and then and then look for the shop. So I'd kind of reverse this back, you know is that you've already got a really good setup, you know, the economy. We just don't know where it's at. I sent Chris that link about, you know, real estate, you know, it's, you know, just, just got slammed in December, right? Now it's starting to yep. pick back up again and interest rates came down a little bit and, and it's there, there's definitely, I'm watching a lot of movement on the real estate side, positive movement. And so we don't know where this is going to go. We don't know if this is just them pumping up falsely, but I'll tell you, being brand new, you know, uh, fast that he being able to take and, and meet with you and your wife, um, this is the, uh, Chris, I don't know if you're there. His, his wife and I hit it off. She's cool people. And uh, she said she wouldn't do something, and I called her a name. And, uh, yeah, she's was, she was crack up. I'm kind of scared of her, though. She's like <laughs> Diane. She looks spooky. Uh, but, you know, I would say that um, I, would, I would just go after, you know, talking to you two at, at Mobile Tech and getting a feeling for your business. I would say raise your prices and go after the right clients with the right priorities that match your priorities and try to stay in that home shop for as long as you can. It's kind of the hip thing to do right now, you know, but yeah. when we're doing it, it wasn't, but I love the I'm shit. My house is 40 yards. Not even that, that way, you know, South of here. And so, you know, we've got our shop on our property and God, i it, when, when, when we were running a very successful shop the last year, our youngest daughter, before she went to kindergarten, I wanted to work from home so i worked from home and uh was right there and she spent there's a lot of pictures of her in my chevelle and on the on the on the motorcycle and her out she's constantly in my shop and that's exactly what i wanted to do and uh i and, and then when i went back to taking appointments in the shop because i did all the high-end stuff right my customers didn't like it they liked bringing it to my home where nobody else could even see it and they preferred that and i was like whoa who would have ever guessed that right so I just kept working out of my. I mean, I had a shop not far from, from our home shop. But all the high end stuff, they wanted me to work at it on my home shop. Go figure. So you know you've got to take in in um, incredible luck. A lot of it is, and it's just because you're naturally growing because you've got a full time career and you love this, and that passion's growing you, and that's pretty cool. Now when you turn it over to full time, is that going to stalemate it a little bit? I think that if you If you've got the right customers and you're charging the right amount and you're you've got very little overhead i think it keeps that passion alive
0: yeah i like uh you know i i can't remember where i saw it recently but i really like the term uh private detailer you know just kind of just kind of becoming that 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 private exclusive detailer for people you know out of your home your home shop or garage i think that's kind of cool
1: yeah we used to have in our shop we had a concierge detailing concierge and he took care of all of our, our membership uh, clients and they loved it. Cause he had a separate cell phone. They could get, they, they didn't have to call into the office. Um, they're spoiled. And I think that, you know, fast Eddie, I, I think you guys have this. I love the name.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Well guys, um, rennie has got to go train our students some more today. So, uh, we're going to cut this one. There's a couple more questions that came in, but, um, I'm going to, what I'll do is I'll grab them and I will save them for the next Q&A. But if you like, you can reach out to either one of us, uh, Renny at DetailingSuccess.com or Chris at DetailingSuccess.com. Send them in and we'll definitely queue them up for the next one. And uh, maybe we could even just help you out on the side and answer them too.
1: Sounds good. All right, guys. Hey, take care. These are fun. I like it. So keep bringing them in.
0: Yep. Nope. They're cool. We, we, we are, we're planning to do these uh, at least once a month. So. We should be able to keep that going.
1: Perfect. All right, guys, we're out of here. We're going to go shine up a car.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rennie Doyle podcast brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues.